Wow. God is pretty good, isn't he? He really is. And God is working. Um, and he always will be. Um, and I, I want to identify those areas where God is working and get behind him and, and work with him. Um, so, Galen, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here with us. Um, it means a lot to us up here that you would come and that you would visit with us. So, let's pray um, as just in preparation for us to go to the Word of God this morning. Father, I want to say, first off, we just simply praise you. We praise you. You are a great and awesome God, and you are working in incredible ways around the world. Father, thank you for the work that you do through um, the ministry of Multiply. Um, God, it, it is not us. It is not a mission organization. It is you. You are the one who is moving in power. Um, and yet, at the same time, you are looking to us to work through us. And so thank you that there are people who say, yes, I sense the call. I sense that my life is to be open. I am to be that open and broken vessel. God, thank you for that. We give you praise. And we give you praise for what you are doing all around the world. And we also would pray that you would do that same thing right here at home. May we be on a greater mission together. Because, God, you want to do things right here in the Willamette Valley, um, right here in our own neighborhood. So, Father, may we sense the ways that you are moving, how you are working, how you are convicting. When we, maybe when we are trying to figure that out and we don't have an answer, may we be people of prayer. May we be asking for you to be moving. If, if we ever get discouraged because you are not, it feels like you're not working like you are in Laos or somewhere else in the world, you are the same God and you desire to be working right here. May we be people of prayer. God, you want to work in us and you want to work through us. God, we give you our lives. Father, use this time as we share together right now. Father, I pray that you would use my words. May I be true to what you have revealed to us. May it be given by your Spirit's power. Convict us, encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Over the last six months, our church has um, had a number of babies that have been born. That's a good thing, isn't it? Man, I'm so thankful for that. Um, so thankful for babies who have been born. Now, this is in the last six months, okay? Now, so I, I, I say this carefully. Understand that we're talking the last six months. If I were to go in the last year, I'd be putting more babies up here. So don't come up to me afterwards and say, how come you forgot this baby or this baby? I'm talking about the last six months, okay? Who is this? Do you know who this baby is? <laughs> I know Allie knows. You recognize this face, don't you? This is Ella. This is Ella. This is Johnny and Allie's baby, a little baby girl. Little Ella. All right. Isn't she a cutie? Yeah. Something about a little baby, isn't there? Who's this little baby here? You know who this one is? 
I heard it. Someone said Charlotte. I don't know who said Charlotte. It was Ryan. Okay, a few of you said Charlotte. All right, this, is, this will be Seth and Jesse's uh, daughter, their youngest daughter, little Charlotte. Another little cutie there, isn't she? How about this one? Who's this one? I'm, yeah, I'm hearing it. Myra. This is Myra. This is Mark and Elisa's daughter, second daughter. Little Myra. Another little cutie. Now, this is not necessarily a little advertisement for, hey, we need nursery workers. But why not take the opportunity to tell you, hey, we need nursery workers. And you may, you may have noticed in the bulletin there is this little plea for we need nursery workers. We also need coffee workers. So if you like babies or if you like coffee, hey, we can use you here, okay? We, we really can use you. Um, I think it would be great for the nursery if we had five teens who were to say, I will commit every month to be in the nursery, five parents who were to commit to saying, I will be in the nursery, and five people who have had, maybe had babies or wish they had babies to say, I don't have, they're not my kids, but I am there, I'll commit. I've, I've had the blessing of having the nursery workers, I'll be that blessing now. Um, got one more here. There's a fourth one. Who's this one here? Hey, I heard it right. Yeah, Ronan. Yeah, this is Ronan. Ronan Weeby. This would be Seth and Bree's uh, little son. Man, this, this guy is going to be spoiled, isn't he? He's going to be surrounded by three um, little girls. And it'll be Ronan. He'll be the, that little man. And then he'll be, have, be surrounded by these three. <laughs> he'll have this little harem, I guess. Three girls. All right. And there's going to be those times growing up where he's going to say, oh, I wish there was more boys. And Lord willing, we're going to get more boys that will be there for him because he'll probably need it. But um, there's going to come that day where he's going to say, hey, this is not so bad after all. I've got three girls. This is good. All right. It's not going to be much longer. And those cute little faces that we just saw, they're going to grow older. They're going to get bigger. There's going to be those times where those sweet little innocent kids are going to just try mommy's patience a little bit more than what she's maybe ready for. It's going to happen. There's going to come that time where these little kids are going to start talking. When uh, Trent and my oldest was... Um, a little baby. I didn't ask if I could share this, but I think since he was a little baby, I think it's okay to share this. Um, it was, I remember trying to work with him, wanting his very first words to be, Dada. Come on, you can say it. Dada, Dada. Not Mama. Dada. Come on, let's say Dada. And I was asking Kelsey last night or two nights ago, what was his very first words? And she said, I think it was fan. <laughs> fan or ball. I don't know for sure. But it was, come on, say dada. We want that. I want dada. Another very first word that kids often say that I don't think I ever taught them. Mine. Mine. That's mine. That's just, 
We don't have to teach that, do we? They just, they just say, mine. And especially if there's multiple siblings, mine. They learn that one early on. That's mine. I don't fault these cute little kids. This is somewhat natural. This is just who they are. But you know, if for you and me, as grown adults, if we don't get beyond those infant stages, there's a problem. It's not attractive if there's a grown man or grown woman who throws a temper tantrum because we don't get our way. It's not, it's not beautiful to look at, is it? We don't like looking at that. As we grow older, there should be this maturing process that takes place. Take your Bibles. Turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. It's where we've been. It's where we were at last week. We're going to continue on. And this week, I have just three verses Just three verses that I'd like to draw our attention to this morning. Last week, you might recall that in verses 1 through 12 of Galatians, we um, drew attention to this group of called the Judaizers. They were known as the Judaizers, who were really trying to make that which was not the essential thing, trying to make it the essential thing, trying to make that which was maybe good, but make it the main thing. And in this case, they were looking at circumcision and saying, hey, it's all about about circumcision. And then Paul says, it's not about circumcision, whether you are circumcised or not. The only thing that really matters or counts is faith. And I would say faith in just... Faith itself? No. Just turn back the pages. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ expressing itself through love. That is what matters. Don't get hung up on these things that we want to elevate and say, this is what really matters. And in the church, we can become legalistic and we can say, hey, I want to add to this list of things that really matter. But what matters? It's the gospel. It is Jesus Christ, who he is, what he has accomplished. He has come to change me, to change you. He offers us new life. Well, let's, let's read on here. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15 this morning. You brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge a sinful nature. Stop there. You were called to be free. We, we get this because Paul's been talking about this. You are free. You are free. Do you recognize that you're free? You are free. Christ has made you free. He has set you free. In Christ, you are free. But Paul's saying, be careful. Don't use your freedom. Don't take advantage of your freedom. Yes, you are free. But don't take advantage of this freedom. Be careful here. Paul was likely, probably um, said to have been maybe a follower of antinomianism. Let me put that up on the, on the screen here. 
antinomianism. It is the belief that there are no moral laws God expects Christians to obey. Now, last week, I was bringing to you legalism. And I was saying that legalism is treating that which is good as though it were essential. Taking something that is good. It's not, we're not talking about things that are evil. Taking that which is good and saying, hey, it's the main thing. That's essential. That's legalism. Antinomianism is the complete opposite of legalism. Antinomianism is a belief that there are no moral laws God expects Christians to obey. And, and I'm reading in between the lines here, but I think that there would be good reason to believe that these Judaizers would have been accusing Paul of this. You preach freedom, freedom in Christ. So you're saying that there's not, it doesn't matter, I can just live however I want? There could have been that question, do I just live however I want? Allow Paul's words to guide you here. Allow these words that we're looking at from Galatians to guide you. I, I really think that these, these words keep us balanced, keep us avoiding legalism, and they also keep us from, they, keep, they help us avoid antinomianism. These two extremes, which are really both unhealthy. Let's read on. The second half of 13. Paul first said, But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Stop there. Don't take advantage of your freedom. Instead, what do we do? Serve one another. Serve each other in love. The entire law is summed up in this command. And this command that Paul draws our attention to, doesn't it remind you of what Jesus said? When the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, and they were trying to trick him, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, hey, tell us what's the most important commandment. You know what amazes me? It amazes me that Jesus answered them. It amazes me that he actually answered them. So often Jesus would, he, he would hardly ever give a direct answer. He would say, well, I will answer that question if you answer this question. Or he, he would kind of just put them in a tailspin. And, and there was like no clear direction. But Jesus actually answered their question. Tell me, what is the most important law? Or what's the most important commandment? And Jesus said, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Love God. And out of that should overflow a love for one another. That is just this natural overflow. You love God with all that you have. And as you are loving God, what's going to happen? You're going to love each other. 
If you love God, you will love one another. This is going to happen. And Paul is drawing attention here to this fact. Don't take advantage of your freedom. Yes, you are free in Christ. But don't use this freedom to indulge the sinful nature which we all have. Yes, we're saved. Yes, we are new creations. This is good. This is a miracle that that God has accomplished through Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. I am a new creation, but I have this sinful nature, which is always knocking. Don't give way to that. Instead, serve one another out of love. Serve each other. Look at verse 15. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. If. If you keep on biting each other, devouring each other, look out because all that can come your way is destruction. That will be the end result. You want to destroy a church? Bite each other. Devour each other. That will tear us down every time. Guard this. Guard this. Have you seen this happen? Have you seen this play out in relationships? Yes, you have. And I have too. And it's ugly. It's ugly. I'm reminded of a Peanuts comic strip. Um, those of you that know me know that I have, whether it's a healthy or unhealthy, I'll let you decide, fascination with Charlie Brown and Snoopy. I just love them. All right. I just, to me, it's therapy. All right. I hope you can see this. Lucy is talking with Charlie Brown. This is back from the 60s. You can tell by how Charlie Brown was drawn. But um, says, Lucy says to Charlie Brown, our family has solidity. Second frame. And our family has loyalty. And, and, and as she's talking, Linus comes by, the younger brother, with his blanket, of course. And then she yells, why, didn't, why don't you stop dragging that stupid blanket around, you blockhead? And just knocks him off his feet. <laughs> to which she says, and love. And love for one another. Oh, yes, we have that too. How well? How well are you loving the family here? How well do we love one another here? How well are we serving one another here? I'd like to hear from a few um, scripture passages. Dave, start us out.
That is what should describe us. Right there. That is what is to describe me. And that is what is to describe you. Does that describe you? Or these other words, biting and devouring, does that describe you? Listen to these words. This is scripture. I have it printed out. I, um, when I do my own personal study at home, I actually have been using the ESV. I like to change translations sometimes, just from time to time, because it allows me to hear things differently. And um, I really like how this passage is worded in the English Standard Version. As I read this, would you take note of a phrase or two that really stands out to you? There's just phrase after phrase here. Listen to phrases that really stand out. And when I'm done reading this, I would like you to be able to respond to that phrase stood out to me. Romans 12, 9 through 18. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. What phrases stood out to you? Yes, thank you, Shelley. Outdo. Outdo one another in showing honor. Good. What else? Good. Thank you, Sharon. Joyful in hope. Faithful in prayer. There's a bit more there. Others. Live peaceably with all men. Yeah. What else? Bless those who persecute you. Good. What else? Constant in prayer. It's quite the passage, isn't it? Three things that I underline that stood out to me. Outdo one another in showing honor. Those are interesting words, aren't they? I want to honor you. 
if you're going to try to be competitive, here's something to compete at. Why don't you try to outdo one another and honoring each other? You want to bring about health to a church family? That's a good place to start. Let's honor one another. The second thing I underlined was associate with the lowly. When I became a pastor, one of the things that I, a covenant that I signed um, by my pastor, Gary Wall, who I met with on Friday as well, was I choose, I will not look at people through the lens of humanity based on income or social status. I will show favor to no one based on how much they make. And that was a covenant that I signed. Money is not going to speak to me. And I signed that. And I intend to keep that. So when someone who is considered lowly comes to me, I honor that person as much as I would anyone else. Just as much as if they were a millionaire. I am going to bring just as much honor to that person. And you know what? If someone is a millionaire, I am not going to discredit them for that. I am going to bring just as much honor to them because I am not here to show favoritism. And the third thing that stood out to me, if possible. Because you know what? It's not always possible, is it? It just isn't always possible. But if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I like those words. These are words that God has given us. These are words that God allows us as a church family to be guided by. How are you doing here? How am I doing here? If our attitude is, I'm free in Christ so I can live however I want, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. We've been talking about how we are not bound by the Old Testament Mosaic Law. Paul has been driving home this point. But he continues, and we will see this in the coming weeks, where he says, you are under the law of Christ. What does that law call me to? It calls me to love God with all my heart, and it calls me to love one another. How do I do this? That's kind of where we're going. How is this possible? He talks about the Spirit coming up here. Are you serving? Are you serving one another? If we serve one another, if we choose to show honor to one another, health, health happens. If we bite and if we devour, destruction happens. I don't want destruction for our family. We're a family. You understand that, don't you? We are a family. I want health. Let's serve one another in love. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for this passage of Scripture. 
It's a simple passage of scripture. And I thank for I thank you for how it speaks to us. Father, may we not be people who take advantage of our freedom. But may we serve one another in love. Convict us here. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.